Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for downloading. It's appreciated. I like that you like the podcast and you look forward to when episodes come out, whether it's foolishness that I'm doing or what the guys on Sports Adjacent are doing. And if you did not listen to the latest episode of Sports Adjacent, Stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin. No, stop what you're doing and go listen to that, and then come back to this one. Dion Miller was incredible, as per usual. Now, I will say that, you know, I've got an incredible guest on this episode, and someone I've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. Although that makes it seem like, that makes it seem like Olin was reluctant to be on the podcast, and it, that has not been the case. He's like, whatever, bro, just tell me but you know I'm busy and he's super busy he's busier than you realize and you'll find out some of the reasons why he's busy inside of this episode of the pod but I'm so glad that I got a chance to like basically what this episode is is what if I got to to take the conversations that Olin and I would have either at the radio station or occasional phone calls text messages, or when we're in the green room at NBC Sports Chicago and put it on the pod without any interruption because that's what this is. We do end up talking about the business of of broadcast and podcasting, um, as you'll find out inside of this episode. Olin asked me about podcasting a couple years ago, and so I, I, I played a small role in his podcast getting launched and I really honestly like it's one of my favorite things to do it's probably the thing that I want to do when I'm I don't want to say done being talent but when I'm less concerned about being the front man for things I love being able to do some of the behind the scenes stuff whether it's on Olin's podcast or sports adjacent like I I guess I guess basically I like the concept of like being in charge or people appreciating my ideas and then running with it. And if you've listened to the his the No Name Football podcast, man, it's so good. I you know, I I I technically do a Bears podcast during the season and occasionally when the moment strikes I'll do something in the offseason. Like, I don't think there's a better Bears podcast out there than that one. And that that doesn't even have anything to do with me playing a role in, in it starting. It's just good content. And if you're a junkie, like if you're a, a football junkie and you really, really want to know how the game is played, 
these guys have done an incredible job of of making things, I think, easier. So I wanted to talk with him about that. And we do. And there's a, a big portion of that that I think that you'll enjoy towards the back end of the podcast. But look, I got Olin Krutz. I have an all-pro center, a guy that's been to a bunch of Pro Bowls. I have him available to talk about offensive line play. And honestly, no one does it better than him. So we are going to have a conversation. You're going to hear our conversation about getting Justin Fields, what he needs all the way around, but especially up front. If you've been missing... Olin's content on the score airwaves. We talk about that. If you've been missing his content on NBC Sports Chicago, we talk about that. But hell, if you've been missing his content and not listening to the No Name podcast, you need to go subscribe to that podcast immediately while you're listening to Olin and I talk about the Bears and Justin Fields and podcasting and everything else. Here we go. I'm out here looking around trying to find help for Justin Fields. You know me. I'm looking at games. I'm writing stuff down. (laughs) I'm trying to get him some help wherever I can get it. Right. I feel Mm -hmm. like one of the first places where you need to get him help is on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So what do you think would make for the best type of offensive line to help Justin Fields get to the next step? Yeah, I mean, how long have we been talking about this, right? The Bears and their offensive line and taking the next step. And as you know, um, when we did work together, whether it be on NBC Sports or on the score, we talked a lot about can they just get themselves an elite offensive lineman anywhere along that line? Get yourself a Pro Bowl-type player, somebody who you can depend on on third and one, someone who you can depend on on third and eight, someone who you can depend on fourth and one, someone you can run behind, someone you know is going to win his one-on-one battle. Right now, the Chicago Bears can't say, I line him up on this down and distance, and I know we'll win there. They have some decent players and guys on the rise, but they don't have an elite football player anywhere along that line, and really probably since Kyle Long was in his prime. They haven't had a guy who they can say, look, this guy's top three, top four in the whole NFL at his position. So, Lawrence, if they can just find somebody who can develop into an offensive line, I hear a lot of talk about Orlando Brown. I like his, his play, and I like his style. I just don't know how you project a guy who comes from blocking from Mahomes to blocking for a guy like Justin Fields. It's hard. I, he, maybe he can do it. I can't pull his tape from Baltimore and say it's the same. It's not. So, so a guy, Ryan Pose, who knows Orlando Brown well, and, and I'm just using it as an example. I don't know if the Bears want him. I'm saying, you know, a guy like him, or Mike McGlinchey from the 49ers. These are the names, right, that we're looking at right now at tackles uh, for free agency in the NFL. I can't tell you I've been through the draft. But anybody in the draft is going to have to develop. It's always interesting, man, to project these guys, Lawrence. But I guess what I would tell you is this. If you're going along the offensive line, you're going to have to develop somebody to an all-pro, pro bowl type player. Where you mentioned the top six, seven guys in the NFL, and you mentioned somebody from the Chicago Bears. What's the challenge of playing O-line for someone like Justin Fields? Um, from what we saw this year and how dynamic he is, man, I mean, it's challenging and you almost just have to accept the fact that right now, I don't know what he'll develop into. I don't know what will happen if you give him wide receivers, a tight end. I don't know what will happen. But right now is the fact that you just have to tell yourself, I'm going to give up some sacks. Our team is going to give up some sacks with Justin Fields at quarterback. And it's worth it. It's worth it because if he holds the ball and makes one guy miss, the guy's going to the house. It was, it was insane watching him this year. It was insane when he broke off those runs. It was like a Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick. I didn't even know what was going on. And then he was just gone and everybody on the field looked slow. So that is the challenge, just accepting the fact that when you get to that fourth, fifth, sixth sack, there may be just games like that. There may be games where he just doesn't get the ball off fast and he takes chances, kind of like Russell Wilson when he was in his prime. Or Russell was the, the Seattle Seahawks offensive line always took a beating for giving up some of the most sacks in the NFL for years, if you remember, when, when Russell was running all over the place, right? But that's when he would make his big plays. So 
Uh, will Justin continue to be that kind of quarterback? I don't know. Right now, he doesn't get the ball out extremely fast, but that did improve sometimes throughout the year. But he's just that dynamic where I think as, a, as an offensive lineman, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind the sack he took because if he makes my guy miss after three or four seconds, he may go to the house. Let me run something by you that Matt Bowen told me a couple weeks ago. We were talking about Fields as a runner, and he said that what he's hoping is that we see Fields run more out of pass formations. And I thought about it, and I was like, that's a really interesting concept because you don't have everyone coming forward. Like, even though you're playing 11 on 11, like in a design run, having, like, like let's say they're playing cover two man where the guy's backs are immediately turned on the outside and or, or even a, a, a cover zero, there's all that space for him to get up the field. I'm wondering, what do you think about that? Like, as part of your strategy, that there are going to be plays where you tell Justin, look, if one and two aren't there, just go. And mm-hmm. they won't be ready for it because it, it looks like a passing formation. It, it looked like when you watched the Eagles – in the Super Bowl, it looked like Jalen Hurts was told that on like, I forgot what drive it was right before the half, maybe after he fumbled that ball, he was just either, it was one reading go or it was a quarterback run. So I know what Matt is talking about. Um, all I'm going to say is this, if you want people to play the pass, you got to have someone who scares them in the passing game, right? The Bears don't have anybody who scares anybody right now. Now, Claypool may develop. I don't know. Uh, Mooney coming back may help all of that. But right now, would you play cover two man versus the Bears? I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't leave two guys deep versus the Bears. I would leave um, playing cover three. I'm leaving an extra guy in the box, or I'm spying Justin Fields. So uh, they got to get him help. That, that was kind of what I thought about this year, where you're like, man, you can see what the Bears are doing. The only problem with the plan is I don't know whether Justin Fields can play from the pocket or not. I don't know whether it's the chicken or the egg. Is it Justin or is it the rest of the team? That I don't know when it comes to the pass game. So, uh, yes, I, I would say to that, more out of passing formations, if, if we get ourselves a number one wide receiver, someone who they have to actually guard in the pass, someone who uh, is dynamic enough, who scares enough, if Velas Jones develops into this kind of player, yes. Then you spread them out, spread the field, make them guard everybody else. And I don't, then I don't know how they would guard Justin Fields in the middle there. It'd be interesting. You are better at talking about offensive line play than anyone. Um, and, and I'm not saying that just because you're in front of me. I feel that way. I watch a, a lot of football. And there's some guys that can do it well. But I think that you really, like, it's funny to me because you kind of take the thing that made you a great player and you've turned it into all the stuff that makes you a great analyst. So I'm, I know that this, this next question that I'm going to ask you is super complicated. I want you to make it as simple for me as possible. What makes a great center? Yeah, it depends on body type and size and who he's playing with and what system he's in. But if you come down to it, is can you see the field almost like a quarterback, right? Can you process information at the pivot position like a quarterback does? And I almost like to call it like living in the matrix. Can you see things before it happens? Which is, which is basically like pregame preparation, right? It's a lot of film study. It's a lot of formation study. It's a lot of like knowing the defensive coordinator. And for example, what would he call on third and eight in the red zone in the third quarter? Like I'm watching the game and I'm like, Spagnuolo's bringing up the blitz. He's bringing it all out because I know he's from the Jim Johnson tree from Philadelphia. And I know that's what they do, right? He's coming with, would come in with blitz zero at a certain part of the game. And guess what? Jalen Hurts saw it and got the ball out. So they studied for that. They knew it was coming, but that kind of preparation is what because as a center you're like a quarterback of the offensive line you're trying to make everybody around you better and that's by putting guys on the right guys and getting the offensive line moving in the right direction and getting the protection scheme all figured out before the ball's even snapped how would you build a center because because i look at jason kelsey and i'm like where can i get one of those you know and and it's hard because there's some guys that move from guard to center and you look at Kelsey and you go, well, he probably would have had a tight end body like his brother if that's mm-hmm. the route that he wanted to go. Where are you looking at, at tape and finding great centers? And can you, can you build one, or are they, are they born and they're playing all the way up every level 
to become a great center? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? And you usually take your guy who is in your left tackle but can process information at the pivot and put everybody on the right guys and put him at center. Like I coach with Jason McKee at Carmel Catholic, and I'm always looking for a guy who can make my calls and, and get the offense line moving in the right direction, first and foremost. Now, we talk about the NFL. There's probably a lot of guys who can do that. But when you look at Jason Kelsey, and here's the interesting thing about that question. You see who they surrounded him with, mammoths. So he can pull wide. I used to think when I pulled, I had the easy block, right? Because I could pull. I could run. I could get out there in space, and I could block guys. The pin block on Hargrave is the hard block. The one-on-one block where you got to pin Hargrave down by yourself and keep him there is actually the hard block. So with the center, like I remember arguing with Jerry Angelo and saying, you, you got me who I love Roberto Garza and Josh Beak, but you, I'm the tallest guy walking out of the huddle. This doesn't make sense. You got to, so if you have a pivot like Kelsey, you got to do what Roseman has done and surround him with big guys who can make blocks. Some of my best years, uh, Reuben Brown, right? They put Reuben Brown next to me. Uh, Rex Tucker, Chris Valerio, big, strong offensive guards, and I could use my athleticism to play. Nick Mango is an opposite of Jason Kelsey, big center, strong center. Um, uh, uh, you know, I think about a big, strong center in the game right now, but uh, it's just Ryan Jensen for Tampa Bay. So it's just you can find good centers. It's just when you get a really good one and put them there, make sure you build around the way he plays the game. And it's almost like a basketball team. I got to have guys who could do different things on my offensive line. So I'm not going to put a small guard next to a small center, next to a small tackle, right? I'm going to build myself an offensive line and then I can pin and pull my center or I can, I can back block him as a big center would do and take a nose guard on -on one-on-one. So the scheme you're running has a lot to do with it, but the good coaches, what they do is they say, this guy does this and he does this really well at Jason Kelsey. So why don't we pull him? They're running the same concept. They're running inside or outside zone. They're just pulling Kelsey when they do it. But remember who has the one-on-one blocks, the left guard and the left tackle, and Kelsey's pulling for the perimeter guy, which he's actually better at. I'm fixated on how the Eagles are built, and I look at them and I go, is that a model that the Bears can use? When you look at the Eagles, do you see anything there that the Bears can duplicate considering they've got all this money in free agency Mm -hmm. and that number one draft pick? Well, you know me, Lawrence. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say you can build an offensive defensive line. Here's the problem, right? Culture matters. Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson have been there for almost 10 years, 10 years plus. So they built a culture that had been there a long time. So you're saying, okay, I look at Hallis Hall and I say, okay, who are my guys like that? Who are my guys who've been here 10 or 11 years and are Hall of Fame type players, all pro type players? I don't know. The Bears don't really have those guys right now. So as much as they are uh, a team you can copy and build like, uh, that stuff I don't know if the Chicago Bears have yet. I don't know if they have those guys in the building that developed that culture. A lot of those guys are young and they're growing up and they're trying to develop those guys into those type of football players if we're talking about just the offensive line. Now trading for a Brown, right, and putting a good wide receiver there. Um you know, Fletcher Cox, another guy. What year did Fletcher Cox get there? I mean, 2011, 2012? Yeah, it's I don't been know. a long time. So, yeah, so all I'm saying to you, Lawrence, is who do you think every day you walk in the building, who do you think everyone's looking at? Who do you think builds the culture? Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. How long have they been there? Well, they've been there a long time. Brandon Graham, he's another one. Been there a long time. They have a core of players there who, if you would say, fly, Eagles, fly, we do it the Eagles way. They have a core of players who do it the Eagles' way. How hard is what's being asked of Justin Fields right now? Um, it's hard, but I, but I think it almost looks like he this is what he wants. It looks like it's not too big for him. It looks like he wants to be a star. I think we all know what he has to improve on. I think Ryan Pose knows what he has to improve on. I think the whole building, I think Justin Fields knows it. I think he accepts it. And But I think it's hard, but I also think he sees it as a huge opportunity. So it's really hard. Uh, that's why no one's really ever done it here in Chicago. Playing quarterback here is hard. Uh, uh, the media is, you know, everyone's following you. Everybody wants you to succeed. Uh, you're going to take a lot of criticism. Uh, everyone's watching you, right? I, I used to always say, man, I, 
I remember the first time I went to a New Orleans practice, there was like one guy on the fence, you know, one media guy <laughs> who watched the practice. And I think they were selling beers uh, all, all across the fence at 8 in the morning. Listen, you come to Chicago, you go to practices, you know, been there plenty of times. There's Hall of Fame writer, beat writers, right? Dan Pompey, Brad Biggs. I mean, these guys are hub arcish. These guys are national media. So everything you do is talked about. But um, I don't know what you think, man, but he, he made a, a really bad year. I know me and my family turned the TV on. We wanted to see what Justin Fields was going to do. We wanted to watch him. <laughs> he goes 60 yards out of nowhere. He didn't even know what the hell was going on, right? He just had a plain zone read, and he was gone. It's so, kind of amazing um, that, that Dan and I were talking about it one day, and I, I was saying, you know, we're – here we are. It's week 16, you know, and we're interested in the game mm-hmm. for a team mm-hmm. at that time that it lost eight games in a row. And you're mm-hmm. right. It's because we didn't know what Justin Fields was going to do next, and we wanted mm-hmm. to be there for it. Now, I don't know if that's going to be good enough going forward, mm-hmm. no. but but for a year where you had a, a massive amount of change, him making Sundays like worth our while was pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't around for Walter Payton, right? I wasn't around. I've been through, but I was on this. I was in that building for 13 years, played on a lot of offenses, had a lot of good football players. But somebody that dynamic on the offensive side of the ball in Chicago, in Illinois, I don't know, Lawrence. I, I, I Somebody, you know, Devin Hester, when he returned punts. That's it. Soldier Boy used to hit. I mean, that, that was close, right? But um, this guy was worth watching uh, every Sunday that, that he stepped on the field. Um, like you're saying, can he stay healthy? Uh, can I? I think a lot of us are cheering for Jalen Hurst because we want to see someone like that win a Super Bowl, right? Like, okay, can he do it? And I tell you the truth, um, I had the Chiefs by a lot. The Chiefs proved the Eagles proved me wrong. I thought the Chiefs were going to win the game pretty easily, and Jalen played a football game. I didn't think he was. I mean, I didn't think he was going to play that well. Just looking through their schedule and who they had played, and but the plays he made throughout that game uh, were, were extremely impressive to me. And then. The drives where he was just running the ball and they had to, they had to respect the quarterback run uh, made me think, like, man, maybe this is possible here in Chicago. All right. Thanks for all the football stuff. And I imagine maybe we'll make our way back to talking about football. I, <laughs> when it comes to the way, that you, um, the way that you act about your kids, I love it. I love because you know it's it's Olin. Olin's mean. Olin's gruff. You know <laughs> all this stuff. But when when I see you lighten up about yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. I got a volleyball tournament. You know I I gotta mm-hmm. go do that. You know I I gotta go coach. Mm-hmm. I gotta go see my boys. Mm-hmm. What type of joy does it bring you to see your children succeed the way that they've succeeded? Well, you know I I think just to see them. Uh, you know, I love sports in general, right? So I think sports teaches these kids nowadays who are all on iPads and phones and uh, not a lot of socializing and not a lot of dealing with uh, other people and learning how to work together and learning how to fall down and get up. Um, I think it teaches them a lot. So uh, whether they're successful or not, as long as they're playing a team sport, uh, I can't, I'll tell you the truth, Lawrence, man, when they struggle and they come back and play good, or they struggle and are like a game's going bad, but they're being a good teammate and making the pass that they should make. Uh, my daughters are playing basketball also now, uh, little league basketball. So, you know, me and, uh, uh, me and Wendy, uh, my wife are driving all over the place half the time. I think we've, <laughs> it's crazy, man, but, but it's fun. It, it is fun. Anybody who has kids understands uh, how fun it is to watch them succeed, but also to watch them fail and also to watch them struggle sometimes, which is what they need, which is what sports teaches them a lot of. But, um, I have a blast with them, man, as anybody who has kids knows, watching them grow and, and go through things. And my two boys at Illinois now uh, playing ball, trying to win jobs, fighting for that side of it, going through, honestly, uh, what is hard for a lot of young kids now, because like my oldest son, Josh, who's a redshirt freshman, their class doesn't get six years. Mm. So everybody else above them, they do. So their class double. So they go through having extra guys there. Now the portal and having six-year guys come in, you almost want to call them uncle. Some of these guys have been through like nine senior days, right? So <laughs> it's an interesting time right now in college sports, right? And everybody's acting like, I'm dying laughing. I watch TV. Everybody like, this record has fallen. And that record has fallen. I'm like, is everybody going to say that these guys have been here for like nine years? <laughs> like, no one's going to say that. But uh, and, and to no fault of their own. But 
an interesting thing that a lot of college athletes are going through now is these six year guys and then where it ends. Right. So uh, something else to deal with, with these guys, but um, also playing on a football team that had a great year this year. We went down to Tampa Bay for the bowl game. Uh, we enjoyed watching them play. Coach Bielema was doing a great job down there. They were a good football team. I don't know if you watch any of that defensive line, but they were ferocious, man. Uh, they were a good defense. So uh, they were fun to watch. I uh, probably had too many beers in the stands out there at Champagne, but, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. You know, I had too many beers and too many hot dogs, but, um, you know, obviously uh, I, I was very analytical in the stands and I knew everything they should have been doing as everybody else does in the stands. But I enjoy it, Lawrence, man. Uh, I appreciate you asking about them. Uh, me and my family, we, you know, like, you know, I don't talk about them a lot publicly, but obviously enjoy them. We have six kids, so uh, um, there's never a dull moment around here. I noticed this with my students. Um, um, it's probably different when we're talking about coaching or parenting. During all of uh, during the pandemic, like the when they're remote learning, um, it was difficult. I could tell when my students, the, the first group of students that did remote, they were they were like okay like this is the new re- the reality all right let's go this is how we're gonna learn that second group you know I I, I was March 2020 when I started uh, teaching that class and they were all for it and by the time we got to June they did a wonderful job I still feel bad for the class of 2020 because they didn't get to really like experience prom graduation like that sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that next group of kids I taught again in the in the fall. And by then, everyone was just exhausted. Like, you could yeah. see it on their faces. By the mm-hmm. time I got to week 7 to 10, I could see that, that my students were really struggling. I, I love sports so much. I mean, it did a ton for me and continues mm-hmm. to do a ton for me. I'm so happy that we got sports back to a degree because I felt like there was an outlet that, that children needed that they weren't getting because they were mm-hmm. inside. When you were able to get back out there, whether it's with your own kids or with the kids that you coach, did you see mm-hmm. that like level of joy and excitement when they came back and were able to play again? Of course, man. They were just happy to be, you know, socialize and be around people and get out there. And sports provided that outlet for them, right? Because like you're saying, uh, they're in the house for a while. And interesting, you know, in my house – that like we talked about, I had six kids, so I had all the ages in my house, right? I had a uh, my, my older boy, Josh, was a senior at the time, I had a junior, and then I had my four girls. So I had every age group, and I watched them. Um, you know, we all, I don't want to relive everything, but pretty much deteriorate, right? They, they just, there just wasn't a lot there for them uh, to develop into uh, young adults, young human beings, and go through the things that they got to go through. So like you're saying, man, when they finally got out there, the, the joy of just playing, being out there playing sports, the outlet it provided, uh, it was critical for them. It was, um, you know, I, I know like here in Illinois, credit, they they played that spring football season, right? Right, so right. They got the kids out there and um, just, just to be around their teammates again, playing sports, talking to everybody in person. Uh, that was critical for the development. There's a lot of teacher in you, O. I, I don't know if you if you uh, even understand like how much teacher there is in you. I I'd honestly like <laughs> I'd love to develop like I'll put this on my 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 board of things. I want to develop like an actual college class with you as the professor of the college <laughs> class. We'll 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 do it together. That, like we'll work. We'll, that could that could be that could be scary, right? That, <laughs> no, I I think it would be awesome. It would be an awesome experience. So what's What's it like for you to be able, whether we're talking about training, you know, training guys, mixed martial arts stuff, or, or on the football field, what's it like for you to be in that role where you're teaching? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think like you know, and, and you, do, you do the same thing for all of us. You've helped me with my podcast. Um, there's a lot of reward in just teaching people, trying to get people to get to where they want to be, right? And trying to figure out the puzzle. And I get a lot of, um, if we just talk about even high school kids or NFL offensive linemen, I get NFL offensive linemen and they're like a puzzle. And, and every one of them is a different puzzle. Like I'm sure uh, it is with, with the uh, people you help with broadcasting, right? What are they missing? What are they good at? What do they need work at? And you're just trying to figure it out. And, and it's like, 
um, when you're lucky enough, like I am, to have been blessed to accomplish most of your goals, which I did in football, uh, to try to help other people get there, it's, it's rewarding. So uh, I enjoy that. But I also enjoy the challenge of trying to help people figure out what, what are they missing and what, what actually do they have to get better at? Because I don't think a lot of people can identify that stuff. A lot of people can't identify what someone actually needs. A lot of people will just tell you, it's kind of like, uh, uh, um, they call it like cookie cutter, right? Like, mm-hmm. here, come in here, we'll put you in the same thing. Like, look, I trained this guy who, who was, you know, an all pro. Well, what they won't tell you is he was born an all pro, right? So the, the, guy, <laughs> the, guy, the guy could have stood on a Stairmaster and made all pro, right? So uh, I find it interesting. Um, I, uh, some of it, it keeps me busy, but also uh, like you, Lawrence, it's kind of a passion when you start teaching people and some of them take it and then they actually develop into something you enjoy watching that. You've developed this podcast, man. That is, uh, God, I love, I, I love listening to it because you're, you sound so free on it mm-hmm. and look, mm-hmm. whether you're on TV or radio, you do an incredible job, but it's something about you with the other guys that I think it makes that, that podcast really pop. You can hear, you can hear the preparation. I love when you go through like the beginning where you're going through someone's resume and you're like, Yep. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about this. But there's just like a an openness and a freeness that 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 the the No Name Football podcast has really grown into. Why did you want to start it in the first place, and how do you think it's going? Uh, wanted to start it just because of what you're saying. So so like I could control what we were talking about. I could control. I think sometimes, like, you know, when you're on radio, when you're on TV and the Bears aren't doing well, uh, the only questions I get is, why aren't they doing well? Why are the Bears so bad? Uh, what do they have to change there at Hallis Hall? Which is all fair questions because that's the way the season is going, right? Uh, we talked about earlier here, like, um, how can they improve with Justin Fields? Um, if, if I did any radio or TV this year, that, that would have been the question every week, really, with the direction they were moving. So to be able to set the topics, to be able to talk about uh, even some players who are actually playing good in a style that we want to talk about, um, I, 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 that, that really interested me. And also um, to learn the business on a different side, like what you guys, what, what everyone else does hosting the show uh, was interesting to me. But um, i tell you what it's really turned into, man. It's really turned into uh, Jason McKee and Big Cat, uh, really good friends of mine. Uh, we just love talking football and, and it kind of like, you know, everyone worries about former players, mental health and what they do after the game. Um, these guys are interested in it and, and, and they, we enjoy talking about football. We enjoy talking about the Chicago bears. We enjoy uh, providing that podcast, our point of view from a player's point of view. Um, we, we really like enjoy it, man. Before we turn the podcast on Lawrence, uh, like, you know, sometimes that's the best part of the show. Like we today. are laughing, man. We are, <laughs> yeah, like today, like me and you talking today. Uh, when we turn the podcast off, Lawrence, it's a, I mean, just to see these guys. You know, sometimes like Rasheed Davis will stop by or Ahmad Merritt will stop by. And we'll just talk uh, for a while. Big Cat's always in there training. I coached with Rasheed and J-Mac this year. Um, they come, We come through the gym, in and out of the gym. We were just in my gym. Uh, installing football plays uh, about a week ago. But we enjoy that stuff. It keeps us busy. And you got to stay mentally busy after you play the game of football. Do you like, and it's it's okay if you say yes to this, and I get it because, you know, I, I sit in the chair with you guys, a lot of stuff I can pick up because I've been around it, a lot of stuff I don't. Do you like having a space where you don't have to dumb the conversation down? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and like, we, we really enjoy just these are our thoughts, right? And we just talked about, like, um, and then talking to guys who have been in, been on the field with you. And it, it doesn't mean, like, I don't – I hate working with you. Or like, I don't care. Like, you know, people who study the game and know the game are fine. But to be in a room with football players talking and you've been there uh, with me, Alex Lance, Matt Forte, that was a great year on NBC Sports, had a blast. But, yes. You do enjoy that. You do enjoy talking to guys who you feel like been through what you've been through 
and want to talk the game of football or talk about life in general. Do you think that you'll come back and do TV or radio? I really don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I enjoyed the podcast part of it. You know, I enjoyed um, just just kind of being there, uh, being able to do it the way I want to do it, uh, being able to answer the questions the way I want to answer the questions. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I can't ever say no. Like, you know, uh, you're in the business. Uh, opportunities come your way. You listen, right? You listen to every opportunity and, and see, um, you know, it's always flattering when people want want you to do shows or want you to be on the radio or want you to be on TV. So I always tell everybody, I never say no to everything. Um, football's blessed me, man. I don't have to do TV. I don't have to do radio. Um, but I do enjoy talking the game. I do enjoy analyzing it. I, I analyzed it this year, even though I was on no shows at all, except for my podcast. So I enjoy watching it. Um, as you know, uh, I have a passion for the business. As you know, I like to call guys like you and ask you, you know, how to develop into a better broadcaster, better analyst. Um, so we'll see, man. I, I don't know what my gym's getting really busy. Uh, my six kids, you know, I don't, I, I start to think sometimes, okay, if I'm doing these shows, can I go down to Champagne and watch football games? Uh, all those things have to come into play, right? So uh, the thing with a podcast is I, I can make the day I want to do it. Yeah, you can do it from anywhere, too, if you want, mm -hmm. and, and and it's a good thing. But, I mean, yeah, I've mentioned this to you via text message and stuff. You were missed this year. Like, you, you your presence was missed this year on TV and on radio. And, I mean, I understand why, and I, I, I mm -hmm. really respect – I respect how you handled things. And I know that it wasn't easy. And I know that that there were moments where you were really upset about all of this stuff. But I but I I like the approach that you took with Hogue and I like the approach that you took with your career. Um and I just wanted to tell you that, like face to face. I appreciate it. I, I wanted to tell well, I know, you that. And I know it's not that's not easy to say for you and, and I know you're being um professional. I, you know, I made a mistake, you know, and, and I know you're not saying that out of respect for me, but uh, I have to pay the price for it, right? Like you don't, you don't grab people in our business. You don't do that, especially if they're not former football players or guys of that cloth, right? So, um, I, you know, like the punishments that came my way, um, they, they didn't, I didn't take them personally. I, I, you know, I, like, you, like we talked about earlier, I have six kids, I'm coaching kids. I'm always trying to develop these guys into human beings, and then I make a mistake like that. So um, it was it, it wasn't it wasn't my best moment. It's not something I'm proud of, uh, but it's something I worked through. I'll get past. And, and like I said, like um, I took the punishments that came my way. Um, I don't want anybody to think that the score didn't. Uh, they did ask me to do hits during the week to cover the game. I don't want you, anybody to think that the score just threw me off. Uh, that's something I decided not to do. Uh, NBC Sports decided not to have me back, and that stuff I all respect. They have like those are decisions that you have to make. Everyone has to feel comfortable in their building. And when you make a mistake, um, I take the consequences that come my way, and then I make decisions um, that are best for me and my family. I want to end on a positive, uh, and so mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you. I I really like. I'm so jealous. When I, I love it, like I love to be able to be a fly on the wall, like with you and Alex Lance, Matt, Coach. I'm very jealous of that brotherhood that you guys have. What are the things about football, now that you're away from football, from a player standpoint, that you miss? You know, it's funny. Um, this is the first year I went back to coaching uh, Jason McKee asked me to coach, help his offensive line, and then I just ended up coaching with him. Um, I remember coming home from the first game and telling my wife, like, man, I miss that peace. Like, the football field is like peace for me. Like, it just feels like everything makes sense when I'm standing out there, whether it be the, the rough and tough of it, the hitting, the plays. Like, it's just, to me, um, everything stops, and it's just peaceful out there. So I, I do miss that. I do miss that part of football. Obviously, you miss the camaraderie, um, but that is something that surprised me, Lawrence, when I stood on that field and the game started. And it, for me, as crazy as it all sounds out there, it's peaceful. Like, it's just um, the game, it's just about the game of football. 
uh, my sideline is trying to win our game and their sideline is trying to win their game. And if someone screams and yells at each other, it's fine. Uh, you know, there's going to be some screaming and yelling on the sideline, but there's also going to be some patting on the back. Uh, there's going to be good times, going to be bad times. But uh, for me, it just all makes sense when I'm standing out there on a football field, if that makes any sense at all. No, it, it, it makes complete sense. Um, it's funny because I, I think about having the privilege of being able to be in football stadiums or basketball arenas before the games start and, like, watching you guys, like, watching how you warm up, who you're talking to as you warm up, like, the joy as you're getting ready, like, each different level of the preparation for you to get ready when you see guys without their pads, like, that sort of thing. Um, I, I completely get it. Like, it's a sanctuary. Like the, the mm -hmm. field becomes a sanctuary and there are there are boundaries that everyone can see. And it's not mm -hmm. like real life where sometimes boundaries get blurry. There are clear mm -hmm. boundaries of what is inbounds and what's out of bounds. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, I totally get that. Um I yeah. do, do are you thinking that coaching is something that you could continue doing? Like is it possible that I see you coaching an offensive line in, in college or the pros? Yeah, it, it would it would be the opportunity would have to be too good to pass up with, with the six kids, right? So um, that, is, that was like, you know, uh, playing football, coaching, that was my dream, right? But as you know, uh, once you have a family, your dreams change and it becomes about them uh, and their dreams. So uh, doing a lot of just helping my kids and stuff like that. But now if you're asking me, uh, would I love to do it? Hell yes. I'd love to coach. I'd love to be in a building. I'd love not to be talking about it all the time. I'd love to rather, I'd rather be doing uh, high school gave me kind of a, a way to kind of do it. So I wasn't missing a ton of time. Uh, you know, I did miss a few games in Champagne. So even that is kind of a give or take sometimes because I uh, doing the playoffs. Um, you know, they were playing on Saturdays and then my boys then were playing down there at Champagne. So that's always something I'm, I'm battling with, but, if the question is, is that what I would want to be doing? The answer is yes. I would, I would, I would want to be coaching football. Uh, but as you know, man, once you have that family, uh, I, you know, when I, if I told you the last time I was the boss at any guy, you know, I don't, I wouldn't know. I, wouldn't know. <laughs> I tell guys, I go, some guys run the house and some guys run around the house. So uh, you don't like this, Lawrence. I always say that, right? Just, some guys run the house. I told my son this, you know. His girlfriend came over. I go, bro, some guys run the house. Some guys run around the house, right? So I asked my daughters. I go, what about dad? They go, uh, you do both. <laughs> 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 Which is a nice way of saying I run around my house, Lawrence. <laughs> that, that, that's key. All right, one last thing, O. Um, how excited should Bears fans be about the future? I think really excited, man. I, I think that, you know, it's funny. The guy who excites me probably the most is um, my daughter just got home. I have to wave. The guy who excites me probably the most is, is, is the new president. It's Kevin Warren, the guy who could set the culture. You know, the guy who could set what, how the building is run every day. The guy who does all the little things so the players are comfortable about winning football games. So I'm excited to see what he does for that building and how he changes things there. Um, I think that the, the only thing that kind of bugs me about the Bears right now is that I wish they would have let Kevin Warren hire everybody. Although I like Ryan Pose, although I like the head coach, uh, Coach Eberflus, I just would rather him be the guy who brought everybody in. But uh, other than that, man, you got the first pick of the draft. Seems like you got yourself a young, dynamic quarterback, and you got a, a lot of um, you got a lot of money for free agency. I mean, they couldn't have more things right now uh, to build this football team. Now's the hard part, as everybody talks about uh, building the football team, building the culture, uh, building the winning environment around Hallis Hall that hasn't been there for a long time. So uh, Mr. Warren has a big job. He has a big job. But um, here's a guy who's come in, who's been very successful and he knows success looks like and he knows what a successful person looks like. And hopefully he's demanding on that build and gets them moving in the right direction, because I really think. Uh, as, as fun as it's going to be for this first pick, this quarterback, building the team, the team around fields, I really think he's the most important figure in that building right now to move them forward in the right direction. Oh, this was a delight, man. I, uh, I truly appreciate your, your friendship, your mentorship, uh, and your time. And I, I thank you so much for being available to come on and hang out on the podcast. 
as you know, Lawrence, man, the respect for have I have for you, you know, we, we, you know, I have you listen to our podcast. You give me critiques, criticisms. You help me start our podcast. So um, coming on your show is always a pleasure for me, man. All right, go wrangle the kids, man. I know they're they're coming home. You got to go <laughs> take care of business. School ended, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> All right, bro, man. All right, Lawrence, Thank man. you, man. It. I'll see you. So yeah, man. Like I, I really like. I mean, I, I've always like really liked Olin. Like even when he and I would disagree on stuff, and trust me, we used to disagree on a lot of stuff when I was covering the team. But he was also one of those guys that would tell me when I was on the wrong road on something. If he's like, hey, you sounded stupid yesterday on the radio. And I'll be like, why? And he's like, here's why. Blah, 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 blah. Try not to sound so stupid. (laughs) So I always appreciated that. Like He was always one of my favorite guys to cover in the locker room. Cause I got it, you know, I, at least I felt like I got it. Like I was never bothered or offended with the, they used to play beat it. You know, we had 45 minutes in the locker room with those guys. It was 12, 15 to one. And you know, 12, 58, 12, 59, we'd hear beat it being played. And I always got it. I thought it was hilarious. Some people did not think it was hilarious. Some people felt threatened. I did not. But I always appreciated that. I'm glad that he's doing what he's doing with his podcast, too, because there needs to be more of this. I I think fans of sports have gotten a lot smarter in the last decade because there are, are outlets like the No Name Football podcast that are out there. You get the opportunity to hear from the guys that did it. And, yeah, this they're talking in jargon and they're talking in their language. And if you really want to get down with it, you have to you have to figure out like, hey, what are they discussing? And Olin's really good at making it simple for you too. I think he understands that. That sometimes you gotta make it simple simple for people so they can truly understand what it is that you're talking about. But I had a great time uh talking with him. And I'm I'm really really happy that he's succeeding. Like it's 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 really awesome that he's succeeding with his podcast. And look, I've said it before. I'll I'll say it again. I hope that he returns to the score airwaves. I know what happened, and I've talked to both of the particulars about what happened. If those two guys can find it to play golf together and work together, then when Mitch asked me, he's like, would you feel safe? I was like, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Dan too. You know? Anyway. I'm glad that he has found a space for himself, and I'm glad that all of the kids are doing well. And, and he's having a good time. I did promise him at one point, I do want to, I keep saying this, and I'm going to make it happen. I do want to go to the gym. I do, I actually think that there are a lot of things that I like, and as I've gotten older, like I'm more willing to try than maybe I would have been earlier. Um, I'm very much into yoga now. I need it, like for my Crohn's, it's like really good uh, for me. So I do I do a very I do like five poses like I'm not I'm not like a I wouldn't consider myself a yogi I don't think that I'm very skilled I do understand the benefit of it and what the benefit of it is for me in trying to maximize the way that I feel flexibility like all of that stuff I am a guy that likes to to clang weights and that's one thing that as I've gotten older I still really enjoy but I do need to change it Um, I need to so that I'm not sore and I'm not going crazy I need to do a better job but I have been flirting with Brazilian jiu-jitsu 
grappling, that sort of thing for a while. And I I keep telling Olin, like, yeah, I want to come to the gym. Like, I, I think that I want to do some of that. It, it's When I was a kid, I took martial arts. But, you know, you're, your parents are putting you in that for discipline and a little bit of self-defense. So, you know, I took karate when I was, like, real little. But I actually have always thought that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is really beautiful. And I know that Olin, because of his background in wrestling, like, and I know that I basically, de- if I go in there deal specifically with him, like, I'm dealing with a heavyweight and an expert. <laughs> but I'm fascinated by, like, the whole thing. And I think this will be the year where I at least try and step out of my comfort zone a little bit with it and, and try it. So Olin's been like, just come to the gym. Like, get in your car comes to the gym so I, I think I'm going to take him up on that invitation and see if there's something there if it's something that actually makes sense for me and I might get there and be like no it doesn't make sense for me at all or I might love it and you see me walking the streets like I'm Jean-Claude Van Damme you ever watch the Van Damme movies now <laughs> they're hilarious they're really really hilarious All right, I've wasted enough of your time. We got some more great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. I don't think that I'm back to the schedule of, like, a guest a week. Um, That just gets to be a little bit too tedious, and I do want to give people an opportunity to listen to as much as possible. But if you listen to my episodes where I'm talking about the industry, some of that stuff is starting to percolate now. So there will be more episodes where we do talk about, because you should probably expect for Sinclair and Diamond Sports to file bankruptcy in in March, and then we'll see some of the dominoes fall, see what happens. And Major League Baseball is already talking about forming a new economic board, and there's going to be some change. So I'm trying to put you up on game before it all happens so you know exactly what's going on. But I appreciate the support. Thank you so much for all that you do for the House of L podcast. Please tell a friend and write a review. I'm I'm not kidding. We've been stuck on like 1,300 reviews. We need more reviews. It honestly helps with placement. It's, it's, it's part of the algorithm. So... Help us out. Write a review. Write a review for the No Name uh, Football Podcast, too. Write a review for Sports Adjacent. Give it a five-star rating. If you, it's, it's the easiest way to support the podcast that you love, and it costs you nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't even want any donations or anything. If you want to give one, feel free. But just five-star reviews. Write them out. We good. Talk to you next time. Hey!